0: So, this is the RSTV podcast. Yes, it is. And I am so fired up about this. Um, We had a pre launch episode recording with my special guest, Brady Owens, in which he openly confessed to everyone that the thing that he did in fear of the coronavirus was drive straight to Popeyes and buy a chicken sandwich because (laughs) God knows how long it was going to be before he got one again i'll say this i am jared moss i'm the youth and young adults pastor at the river and whether or not you go to our church or you know somebody that goes to our church and they sent you this podcast episode or you follow along on instagram uh however you identify yourself as a believer a christian an atheist an agnostic and i hate jesus i don't know (laughs) what your statement of faith is but we welcome you we're glad you're listening today and i'm joined today Uh, By the man, the myth, the legend, the (laughs) former uh, homeschool but public school, high school basketball heartthrob star. Oh, man. (laughs) Turned uh, college scholarship. Turner Downer in low of right. Bible college and the pursuit of a potential love relationship yep. with <laughs> a definite love relationship with Jesus and a potential yes. love interest in the youth leadership. Uh Michael, the man money. Michael, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. Awesome. Doing good. Michael awesome. is fresh off of his overtime shift at Walmart Distribution You'll Center. I saw you Destiny Leadership Institute, books and materials scattered out of your bag on the floor. How close are you to being done?
1: Uh, this is my last semester,
0: and so how many more months, weeks, that kind of thing?
1: Uh, we'll wrap in the mi- wrap up in the middle of May.
0: Wow. Okay, so about a month out. Yeah. And you would be graduating. We're having a conference. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but you'll yep. we'll graduate you with honors here at the oh, River. Yeah. And recognize I'm Recognizing. So, Bible College graduate, do you re- regret
1: the decision, or are you happy? Oh no. No. Nah. What's uh, one main thing you learned from DLI? Uh man, I'd say one main thing I've learned is um. In the book, uh, I forget what it's called. It was really good. It was really good. I mean, <laughs> believe me, um, I am a church member. Is what it was called. Um, okay. It just talks about um, our role in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and it, it goes into a lot of depth. But really, the main thing that you can get out of it is like you're not entitled. Wow. To anything. Yeah. Like I mean, being in the body of Christ is just another gift that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, given to us as believers, yeah, and being saved, it's one of it's just one of the one of the many gifts that we have, right, in, in our relationship with Christ. That's and, awesome.
0: So then, in turn, I'm supposing that giving, tithing, serving, all that is an honor rather than yes, an obligation, yeah, rather than absolutely. Entitlement. I think that's so good, man, because people, especially people that've been around the church for a while, they expect position and not not everybody but i know i have before you start to think like oh i should be promoted or man Mm -hmm. i should have that and you i've heard people say oh so and so's passing me up and why did they uh why did so-and-so choose them and i think we lose sight i was thinking about this today we lose sight that it's god doing the choosing right it's like i was thinking about this the day you know we always encourage people hey give tithe you know hey your tithes help support this ministry and we talk about tithing like oh man it's helping to build this church but the truth is you're not giving your tithe to the church you're giving your tithe to God right. through the church, mm-hmm. right? It's like it's like the uh, today I had to make a purchase for an air conditioning unit because my AC went out. And thank God it happened in April, in the coldest April maybe in Arkansas history, <laughs> um, uh, while I have time to make a decision on it. But the way it worked is I had the air contractor come out, do the estimate and stuff, and I ran the transaction through Lowe's. But Lowe's is just hanging out in between. Right right? The AC and heating guy. And then there's me. And it's like, whenever I'm giving or I'm serving, if I'm serving at church, if I'm serving in ministry, if I'm volunteering, I mean, shoot, you could say the same thing at work. Like when you do what your boss says, you show up on time, you work hard, like you're not even really doing it for them right you're doing it is unto the lord yeah. god sees it all he's just positioned people and 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 churches or workplaces if that if that is it and so on and so forth between himself and you to be a to be a place of conduit yeah. and transaction so i think that's awesome but that's not even what we're talking about today but i'm <laughs> no. excited to hear it's what you're saying and I'm proud of you, and for those that don't know Michael, he's an incredible guy. He's really really my right-hand man in many ways for the youth and the young adults, and has been for so long, and continues to be, and I thank God for you every day. And uh, We always have some of the best talks, Uh, just hanging out. Anytime, if you guys want to come to a coffee shop at Midnight Oil, it was on a Monday around 4 p.m., but we may have to shift to Fridays or Thursday, I don't know, we'll figure it out, but we get into some deep faith talks, and um, back in the fall, actually, I had this vision to do a podcast, and the idea was... Man, to be completely honest, with you see people with headphones on, talking to microphones, it just looks (laughs) sick. Like, I'll listen to what they have to say. It's like, they could be terrible people, they could be dumb, but they look legit. No, I'm (laughs) kidding, sort of, but no, I had an idea to do a podcast because I find myself listening to podcasts a lot, uh, whether I'm driving to work um, or just whatever, going about my business, going on runs. I just love information. I love uh, personal growth. I love spiritual growth. And I find it fascinating that we live in an age where at any moment, anyone can dial up something on Spotify or Apple podcasts and give their ear and attention to something that could be Mm, life-changing. And in the church, kind of like with school, a lot of schools going online, many of y'all because of COVID, you're doing stuff through AMI currently. And we have surpassed the age of brick and mortar institutionalization when it comes to information transfer. And the church has got to be the same way. I mean, the truth is, thank God for Sunday morning church. But we are we were already in the age where the influencers are in the airwaves, right? Right. And so, if we're going to continue to have a voice in a generation, I think a podcast is an awesome platform. Yeah, I mean, I like definitely. listening to them. Many people do. And so, I already we already had this vision, man. What if you roll out a River Students Youth and Young Adults podcast that we can also then in turn broadcast online on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, you name it, and then share it because it's a tool that if you're a youth or young adult at this church or 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 in one of our groups or campus clubs, you can listen to the the uh, podcast episode, you can also share it with a friend. Yeah. It becomes a resource because it's forever documented. And so it lives past the sermon. Whereas yeah. if I preach on a Wednesday night, many of y'all that are listening are used to hearing me preach and teach. If I do that on a Wednesday night or Sunday, the duration is 30, 40 minutes in person. Right. But whenever we do this and record it, the duration of the shelf life on it is forever, Yeah. maybe, um, as long as we don't delete the RSS feed <laughs> or Jesus comes back. Um, but... It also gives platforms and opportunity for people that don't even come to the doors. And really what we're all about at the River Students is we don't ask people to come and see. We go to them and tell. Jesus told his disciples, go and make disciples. He didn't tell them, sit and pass out invitations. And many churches invite people, and we invite people, sure. But we go. Our youth and young adult ministry on any given week, whenever coronavirus isn't a thing, has over 300 students in campus clubs, junior high, high school, college students. And people say, how many come to your services? And I, I don't even really usually have a good accurate number because we, we, we have such an interesting model in that we built it around leaders that pray and then leaders that are poured into, and then go out into the harvest field. And so this podcast is just an extension of that. So we never could have predicted coronavirus back last fall, but now I'm glad this was already in the plan. So you're jumping into the beginnings of a constant conversation. So, But, Michael, what I want to talk about today is I I texted you earlier. I told you the topic. The topic of today's podcast, the title is this, and I think people struggle with this all the time. In fact, not think, know that for centuries people have struggled with this question. In fact, if you're an atheist listening, I know for a fact you've thought through this question. If you're a Christian, I know that you've thought through this question. If you have any sorts of rationalization or realism whatsoever, you've asked yourself and other people this question. And if you've not, you probably need to start asking the question yeah. and then seeking answers from God for the question, or else this will you will end up asking this question at some point. Everybody has. And... Um, The question is this, and many research firms have said, actually, that this is the core reason for atheists and agnostics. They're like, I can't get behind the idea of God. I don't understand church or faith. Their reasoning usually comes down to this main question, and the question is this, and this is the title of today's podcast episode. If God is real, why do bad things happen? It's a good question. It is a good question. Like I'm just gonna ask you right now, have you ever asked this question? Oh yeah.
1: Like, what are some bad things that have happened to your life? Oh, man, my grandpa dying. That was that was sad. But you know, honestly, with him, um, like he had been sick for a while, mm-hmm. and I mean, he was a godly man, so it wasn't as bad as it could have been. And you know, being grounded in faith, it was, mm-hmm. it was a lot easier than it than it might have it could have been for sure. Sure. Um, that's really the biggest thing. I've been I've been really blessed, honestly. Yeah. Like there hasn't been a lot of heartbreak and stuff, yeah. and Tragedies that have happened in my life.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys have been on thieves oil and essential oils your <laughs> life, so you haven't got out gotten sick. <laughs> I'm kidding, uh, sort of. No, uh, I'm just messing. No, it, but your grandpa dying that is bad. I mean, everybody's got that somewhere in their family. Somebody died. Whenever I was um, 11, I think 11 years old, maybe 10. I remember my cousin died in a car accident. In fact, September 11th, people used to ask, like, where were you? On that day, I was getting ready to go to her funeral. Wow. And she was, like, in her early 20s. I don't have a lot of memories of her because she didn't. I don't think she lived around here. I can't, I can't remember. But she died in a car accident way before her time. Yeah. And there are members of my family that have been molested when they were kids. Um, my parents, when I was 16 years old, now they fought my whole life growing up. So when I was 16, I did not think it was for real when I came in one night from youth group and my mom said that she was leaving and then she left and I was like, she'll come back. And then she didn't. And then she moved out, but my dad moved in. No, 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 Sorry. My dad moved out. She moved back in and that was it. I did not know on that night that that would be the end of it, but they ended up getting a divorce a year later. Um, That hurt, man. It's like things like that hurt. And... We all, in this fallen world, this society, have to wrestle with this question at some point. And I definitely think this is a big deal. People say, if God is real, then why? And they'll they'll specify it. People will say things like, if God was real, then why did my grandpa die? Mm -hmm. If God was real, why did my parents get a divorce? I know a lady who uh, her her, uh, nephew, he was a newborn baby, died in the hospital after birth. And she, and I remember she, for years, she professed to be an atheist today. She's a believer. She's come back to Christ. She has faith. But she put on Facebook, she said, If God was real, then where was he when I cried out for my nephew's um, health and deliverance out of that situation? And. We find ourselves wrestling with that question, and I started thinking about it. We certainly are. I mean, Job, you look at the life of Job. Job's a book in the Bible. For those that aren't familiar with the Bible, uh, there's a section of books called Poetical Books, and one of them is the book of Job, and it's the story about this man who suffered. He just suffered. Oh, yeah. In fact, the story goes like this. Job's a righteous man. He's so righteous that he not only offered sacrifices in our in our day in the new covenant to be like praying. Right. for his For himself, in case he sinned, he would repent of that sin to be right with God. But he also offered sacrifices for his family. Yeah. It says he was so righteous, he made sure his family that wasn't righteous was righteous. It says in the book, he supposed in he said suppose it be that my family has sinned, not even knowing it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like suppose my daughter like. It was lying to me and she wasn't really out with a friend last night. She was like at a party and she was turning up and she doesn't know any better. Uh, I'm going to offer sacrifices for her so she'll be righteous with God. He was so righteous, his righteousness was spilling over on the people. And the devil comes to him because he's God's servant. And the devil comes to God and says, I want to harm Job. God says, you can't do that, but you can touch his family and everything else in one setting all his livelihood his mm. livestocks die in a storm his, his his family dies like almost everybody yeah and he goes. It's it's like it's so many chapters, but the whole book is him wrestling with this question of suffering. And he goes through the highs and the lows. I think the book's in there to show us God's okay with us wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you're listening to this podcast and you have been the victim of some sort of, uh, of of issue or trouble that's befallen you, or some sort of pain or anguish, God's okay with the wrestling. He's okay with the questions. He's okay with the roller coaster because He's given us those emotions to sort through things. Yeah. And He wants to be the answer to those questions. So, but Job finds himself there. And at one point, I think it's Job 5, 7, it says this. It says, man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward. In other words, it's just a fact. If you're alive, yeah. you have trouble. Jesus said it this way. In this world, you will have tribulation. Right. And part of the problem with this question is that it, it it comes with this sort of... You said the word entitled earlier. It comes with this entitlement attached to it. Like, I don't deserve pain. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, would you think it'd be reasonable to conclude that people mostly think that they should have an easy ride? Oh, yeah. Every, everyone thinks that. Like, however, whatever brings pleasure to me. I think it's, uh, you know, people, people think that. People live certain ways, and they profess philosophies not even knowing that they, whenever you put down one philosophy, like the idea that there's a God, you just exalt your own. Right. You know, the idea of whatever brings me pleasure is actually called hedonism. It's an actual philosophy and ideology. It's an actual ideology and philosophy uh, that basically espouses the view that whatever brings me pleasure and makes me happy in the moment is the best thing for me. Mm -hmm. So the whole goal, the whole point, the whole purpose of existence is maximum momentary pleasure. I mean, you just think about that. And that's how people live, right? They're like, this girlfriend makes me happy. So um, I'm gonna hang out with her. Right. Getting drunk makes me happy, I'll do that. Making money makes me happy, I'll do that. Maximum pleasure, it's hedonism. And the idea that pain shouldn't be part of our experience, it's actually a very arrogant thought process. But we live in the American society and Western culture where we expect to be comfortable. Yeah. You know, I, I mean my air broke today, I deserve air conditioning. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We can think that way. Like, good Lord, I can't live like a savage. I'll go drop a few thousand dollars to make sure I can control the thermostat. I'm not going to die. We can't have that. We can't have any inconvenience. (laughs) Yeah, I just can't have that, man. It's the reason people are out of shape. They think it's because, like, oh, this is how I'm made. Nah, bro, like, you won't (laughs) run. You know why? (laughs) Because running sucks. Right. (laughs) I eat fried chicken because it's delicious. I I saw something the other day that said, fitness? More like fitness whole pizza in my (laughs) mouth. But that's really what it is. And so this question that we wrestle with, if God's real, why do bad things happen? Um, I would say this. I was thinking about this. This question's faulty because it comes with a lot of presumptions. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Number one, think of it this way. To ask that question is to, number one, say that you have the definition of what is good and bad. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? Uh Uh-huh. Just thinking about that today. (laughs) Like you decide what good and bad is. Yeah. So I heard it said one time, you know, the idea of, of worldviews and stuff. People say, you know, you, you, how can you believe in a God if you've never seen him? You know, they start to wrestle this way. And I've heard this, this story before, and people will try to wrestle with world religions. They'll say, well, you believe in Jesus. Will you believe in, uh, you know, Buddha? Will you believe in Muhammad? Will you believe and maybe you're all just right. It's all paths lead to God, right? Because you could not all see. And sometimes they'll lead this analogy. I don't know if you've ever heard this. Have you ever heard about the elephant, the blind man and the elephant analogy? I think so. So the analogy goes like this. All right. Suppose four or five men were in a room and they were blind and the lights were off, you know, because being blind isn't enough. The lights have to be off too. <laughs> so they're super blind. Anyhow, and an elephant's in the room and they all bump into it and they start grabbing it. Uh-huh. One grabs the ear and he's like, this is a stingray. You know, uh-huh. one gra- or a d- yeah. you know, one grabs the side and says, this is a rhino. Yeah. One grabs the, the trunk and says, this is a python. One grabs the tail, and and this is a dog. You know, like they they Mm -hmm. go on and go on and go on and on. And all of them are wrong. They're grabbing the same thing. And people will use these questions to be like, how can you believe in God whenever all these people are claiming these things? But it's a faulty presumption because they are asking from the point of view of somebody who is walking in the light that sees the elephant and the people grabbing. So how are you to assume that you're not blind like me touching something and that your view that there isn't a God is just as faulty? Presumptions mm-hmm. of questions. So the presumption of if God is good, how do bad, why do bad things happen? This presumes that that um number one, uh, that you are the judge and you know what good mm-hmm. and bad is. And it's really ridiculous. It's really yeah. asinine and it's really arrogant to say that kind of yeah. thing. Is I it, mean go it's, on.
1: It's like it's like thinking that like us as a created being has a at least a high as um like understanding of right. what good is, as the one who created us. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. it's like as a created being, it's like how could we possibly think that we have the same understanding as the one who created the universe? That's exactly it's, right. It's so, it's just so wrong and foolish thinking, honestly.
0: Well, I mean, the Bible says in the Old Testament. I believe it's in, it's in. Um, shoot i don't know you hear <laughs> old testament new testament just like oh yeah yeah you know i always tell people you know like people have it down lock if they can quote the scripture reference besides that they're like oh it's in the book of john that or they'll be like it's in the gospels that'll be like it's in the new testament that'll just be like it's in the bible
1: in the Bi- it's somewhere
0: in and it. then some people will quote things and be like doesn't it say that patience is a virtue in the bible you're like no <laughs> it doesn't say that it is a fruit of the holy spirit but it doesn't say that anyhow um But it says in the bible um i think it's in job actually it says behold god is great and we do not know him right that's an interesting thing because like the whole point of the bible and prayer and everything is you're trying to find out more about god like we should always be i think we would all agree that we should always be endeavoring to discover the depths of faith in jesus christ and who god is but the beginning place of that, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning place is to admit, I could never figure him out if right. I tried.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's he's so infinite, you know? Yeah. He's just completely infinite. It's like our limited understanding, mm-hmm. like as much as we may understand, there because he's infinite, there's there's always an infinite amount more that we can understand and learn about him. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, if we if we can understand that there's always there's always more learning and we can just continue to chase after him. It's like going from glory to glory yeah. in our walk with Christ. You know, we just keep on going up and up. Right. And, up. and there's never an arrival, never. because like I mean, if we could arrive, like honestly, like why did Jesus need to come? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like if we could actually arrive, but it's just so infinite. Right. Even in his in his vast knowledge and everything that he knows, mm-hmm. it's just so far beyond us.
0: That's exactly right. I mean. I liken it to, like, you open up one door. Like, this is the God door. Okay, I'm going to explore this God thing. You open the door into a hallway with 100 doors. (laughs) And you're like, oh, my gosh, i got to open 100 doors. And then you go one by one, and you start to open one, and you walk through that door, and you find 100 more. 100 more doors. So you're like, there's no way. So you shut that door, and then you go to the next one. There's 100 more, but they're a different set of 100 doors. And you're like... What am I, I can't even, you know? Yeah. And uh, that that's how it is. But that's part of the, the joy. It's it's uh, the Holy Spirit leading us like on this treasure hunt mm-hmm. to discover Jesus. But the thing is, we have to start there with we can't even understand Him. Like we can attempt to, we can grasp. And now Jesus came to show us the Father, to be in relationship with the Father, to learn His heart. And we do grow in Christ's likeness and in our understanding of the faith. But yet to start from the idea of I know what's good and bad. It's so arrogant.
1: Yeah.
0: It's unbelievably arrogant. In fact, that's one of the biggest problems with atheism and agnosticism is they're trying to explain things away with reason. But reason can only work so far. Mm-hmm. Reason only works unless there's something you can't explain. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, can, you can analyze a building only once you conclude that there's a builder. Right. And if you analyze a building, the more you see the intricacies in the building— it will lead you to the ultimate conclusion that there must be a builder, right? Like this didn't just happen, right? If you look at a painting, you're like, there was a painter here,
1: right. who who yeah. painted this?
0: And if it's a good painting, you're like, dang, that painter is very good. What they did, yeah. But people look at people and things, and they see all this marvelous, wonderful creation. They see the stars in the sky, they see um, just the just the amazing intricacies of of man. You know, right now we're upgrading our cameras at church and stuff. And we're constantly being obsessed with image quality. And the mm-hmm. crazy thing is, as good as image quality is, nothing is still even close to the human eye. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're always catching up. Like the computation of a phone, it's so smart. And yet it's still not smart enough to think for me. Right. Well, this is how it is in discovering God. And once we decide that God is that sovereign, he is that great, then the questions begin to roll in. And that's why we get to questions like, if God is good or if God is real, why do bad things happen? And so I like to deal with that presumption right at the outset because to say this is to assume that you know what good and bad is. Right. You have the final say on what good and bad is. You and your—and if you're listening to this and you wrestle with this question, I'm not trying to burst your bubble. Like if you're hurt, Jesus wants to heal you, you're hurt. I promise you. The Bible says Absolutely. he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to set the captives free. He said, anybody who's weary, come to me and you will find rest. But the question drives you to him, not from him. Right. The question should lead you to Jesus, not away from him. But the question is interesting because to ask this question and to ask an explanation of God is to say, I know what good is. Now explain to me why you're not that. Mm -hmm. And so you can make good anything. Right? Good for me could be my grandpa doesn't die. Right. Good for me can be I woke up and I was 10 pounds lighter and I had six pack abs. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's funny, but, like, you think about it. If God's good, why am I fat? Right. Like, if God's good, why why am I, you know, things happen, man. I mean, people are born with—I um, know people that were born with diseases, mm-hmm. people that were born um, missing limbs, things like that, and you can't—it's hard to find an explanation for it. But we have to start at the fact that God— if he is God, if he is real right at the outset, he gets the definition on good, not yeah, me. Because yeah. the author, the Bible calls him the author and finisher of our faith. So if he's the author, he, gets, he wrote the story. Yeah, He wrote the code on good. And so that's kind of the, the main setup. Now, here's kind of the philosophical thing on this. People say that if God is, God is either all-powerful and not good, therefore, he won't stop pain right or -hmm. bad things or they say god is all good and not all powerful Mm -hmm. therefore he can't stop pain so they try to lump it into two categories in other words if god's powerful enough to stop the pain but he's not good that, then, then he, you know, he won't because right. he chooses not to. He could, but he won't. And people find themselves saying, God, you could have, if you had been here. I think of, uh, 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 of, of uh, Mary, Mary being Mary, at yeah. the tomb of Lazarus, her brother. And when Jesus shows up four days later, she said, Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't mm-hmm. have died if you would have. You know, You're powerful enough. If you were good enough, you would have been here. Why weren't you here? And the other side of that is, well, God's all good, but he must not be all powerful. So he couldn't if he wanted to. And we have to conclude that God is bigger than all that. I, I think about it. Jesus said, no one does good, not one. Right. So it's like, what is good? Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody had talked to you and told you, uh, uh, it, it we're asking you this question, what, what do you think they mean by good? What do you think the average working man's definition is of good?
1: Convenience. Convenience. Yeah.
0: And as it pertains to what? Like, what's good? What, what does a person consider Happiness. good? <laughs> like, whatever makes me happy. Happy, rich, powerful, hot, somebody loves me, all those things. And what's funny is, bro, our definition of good changes over time. Like, think of this. My Mm five-year-old wakes up wanting sugar. (laughs) Daddy, can I have chocolate? You know what I mean? She's five. She doesn't know better. (laughs) And so when I tell her no, I see crazy rebellion build up. How? No chocolate? I'm like, it's 9 a.m. You know what I mean? And now I'm 28, and I'm like, you can't eat that garbage because it's not right. good for you. But her age, her understanding is, if it feels good, right, yeah. it is, you know, it is mm-hmm. good. But God gets to say on good. The Bible actually asked think about this in Genesis. He created the heavens and the earth, and every day he finishes work. It says that he saw that it was good. Yeah, he saw that it was good. So he actually invents good. Yeah, he invents good. We want to bring him into our version of good and say, this, mm-hmm. this, this, and that. Have you ever seen the movie Bruce Almighty? I don't have ever seen it, but it's this funny movie. You've seen it? Amos is in here. He's seen it. Uh, Jim Carrey, uh, he's, he's real mad. He's a, uh, what is he, a weather reporter or something, or, or a news reporter or something, and he doesn't get a promotion one day, and he gets fired, and, and all this junk happens to him, and he gets so mad, and he comes home in a rage, he's screaming, and he's mad at God. And then all of a sudden he gets this phone call, this invitation to come to this warehouse and meet somebody. He shows up, and it's Morgan Freeman because who would be a better version of God than Morgan Freeman, I guess, except for James L. Jones who did Darth Vader's voice because, his I mean, he's the best version of everything because his voice is sick. But uh, Morgan Freeman is God. He says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my powers for one day. Or I don't know if it was one day. It's longer than that. But he's like, I'll give you my powers. And let's we'll see how he's going. He said, okay, cool. But with the power came the responsibility and so at first he was having a good time he was like he 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 bring the moon in closer to like make his wife all happy and then all of a sudden by doing it he created a tsunami on the other side <laughs> of the earth that killed a bunch of people and like he he, he get, starts hearing all these prayer requests and it's getting annoying to him so he creates this like Yahoo prayer email thing and 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 then like a billion emails pile up and so he hits this like auto respond yes to everything but in doing so somehow like oh no. like I think literally one of the scenes I might remember it wrong but, like, it was, like, a National Hockey League championship game, and somehow both teams won or something. <laughs> and, and so there were riots in the streets, and, like, everything is just – And anyhow, the moral of the story on the end of it was, like, oh, my gosh, I give up. You know more than I do.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It's a very interesting take that Hollywood make that movie. But it was basically saying, you know what? For me to say I understand the sovereignty of God, you know, I I, I, I can't do it. You know, I can't <laughs> possibly – Take your responsibility with your power, because if you have the power, how was it that Uncle Ben from Spider-Man before his, before his uh, nephew killed him? Because his nephew always, hey, literally, Spider-Man's existence is him getting everybody around him killed, <laughs> <laughs> including it started with Uncle Ben and then it just went on and on and on. But how did Uncle Ben say it? Well, yeah, I think
1: he said, "With great power comes great responsibility."
0: Yeah, with great power comes great responsibility, and so people want to play God in their in their evaluation of God. But they could never understand how intricately woven everything is. Yeah. And to think for a second that any sort of pain or discomfort is bad, that that's bad. Why is it bad? I mean, the thing is, your grandfather passed away earlier. You said, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. You said that Mm -hmm. because he was older. He knew the Lord, anchored in Christ. So it wasn't as bad as it could have been. But why is that? See, your, your version of the events and the way you evaluated it changed because as my grandfather, he's lived a long, full life. We kind of saw it coming. Mm-hmm. So the idea then would be that if it was a baby or if it was a kid or something and nobody saw it coming right. and it was sudden, then all of a sudden it would be more bad. Right. But at the end of the day, it's still death. Yeah. It's like it's still not good and ideal. The thing is, though, you have to trace it back to the author. Jesus is called the author and the finisher of our faith. The Bible, we are talking about when God created the heavens and the earth, he called everything good. And I was thinking about this. He put a bunch of trees in the garden, but there was two main ones, right? Tree of life. Mm-hmm. And you remember the other one?
1: Tree of knowledge of good and evil.
0: Knowledge of good, knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. See, it's funny because when you start to play, if God's real, you're, you're entering into this realm of knowledge. Yeah. Like you know better. And we're talking about good or bad. But he told them, if you'll eat from the tree of life, you'll live. If you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you'll
1: die,
0: you'll die mm-hmm. with him. But she gives it to Adam. Adam eats because he's tempted. And then all of a sudden their eyes are opened. And their eyes are yeah. open so they become like God, knowing both good and evil. But in doing so, they die. Yeah. And so God never called us to even like, know good and evil. He called us to know him. Yeah. He just said, eat from the tree of life. You can't have it both ways. And when we enter into this plane, it brings about death. But God's purpose was always life. He told him, this is the tree you want to eat from. Yeah. Like, this is the tree that you want to eat from. Now, types of pain. There's like self-inflicted pain. Like, have you ever done something? Or you're just like, why did I just do that? Things that have caused you heartbreak. Or I'll give you one. I spent a lot of money. I had a lot of debt. And so I found myself yeah. working a part-time job to pay off the debt. Mm-hmm. And every day that I was doing that, I'm like, well, this sucks. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ate the whole thing again. You know, the other day mm-hmm. I ate Mexican food for lunch and Mexican food for dinner. And I woke up the next day not feeling as good as the day before when I ate right. salad all day. It's like, why did I do that? Well, that's self-inflicted pain. God didn't do yeah. that. Proverbs says people ruin their lives with their own foolishness, and then they're angry at the Lord. And then the next type of pain, though, is circumstantial pain. It's just, that's the way it went. Right. I didn't control my parents getting a divorce. They just mm-hmm. did. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you didn't have a say about your grandfather passing away. He didn't mean to do it. Right. That's just how that one went. Some people are born into poor families. Some people are born into rich families. Some people are athletic. Some people are not. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault that Michael Money can go ham in any sport in the world and beat you. But I can't. <laughs> that's not my fault. I didn't do that. I play drums. I can talk. Those are my things. You can tell that we have played a few few games together, just just a couple times. Just a couple. It is true that you win, though, isn't it? Not all the time. That dude quit being. He's so being. He's being false humble. Whenever we're like actually playing, sometimes he'll be like down, and then he'll flip the switch. I just flipped the switch. Sorry, it stuck in my head. And he uh, he'll start winning. And I literally heard him say one time, I, "I can't help it. I just win. I have to. It's in my blood." I was like. At least, at least you know yourself. So <laughs> like, I did can't I actually, help it. Did I actually say that? <laughs> yes. So like, I can't help it. I have to win. It's in my blood. I can't help it. Like I'm going to, and he did, <laughs> and he does. Anyhow, but uh, you got dealt that gift, and there's certain things you didn't get dealt. Like I can't control that I'm not seven foot five. Right. You know what I mean? That's circumstantial, and you have circumstantial things that come your way. Circumstantial harm. There's also God influenced pain. Yeah. And people don't want to say that cuz I think in Christianity it's made its way into the church that like if you give your life to Christ everything will be
1: good. Like have you thought that before? Oh yeah. Like that, def- definitely thought that before like thinking that, you know, you give your heart to Christ and it's like my burden is easy and all that, you know. Yeah. But it's it's a false narrative. <laughs> Preachers say that stuff too.
0: God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Yeah, he does, but, like, his version, once again, you have to run it through God's version of wonderful. Yeah. Like, was it wonderful that his plan for Jesus' life was to be crushed on the cross so that you could be made free? Like, was it wonderful that the Apostle Paul was going to lose his head in a Roman jail? Like, what if that was, like, was that Jesus' message to Paul on the road to Damascus? (laughs) I love you. I have a wonderful plan for your life you're going to lose your head in a roman jail after you get beaten to <laughs> smithereens for 3 years preaching about me. No, that's that's not but we say that stuff and we and we sell that stuff and and that's good it sells books it fills crowds but it doesn't really mm-hmm. save a lot of people, you know? No. Jesus said count the cost. Like you will be hated before all nations for my name's sake. And so God but God will do stuff, man. In the old testament he'd send plagues on his people mm-hmm. to get their attention. Yeah. Like we don't like that sort of theology, but it's true. Like he mm-hmm. will allow things to come into your life. He's not the author of death, but he will allow it if it means yeah. your repentance.
1: I mean, and I'm pretty sure it's in Jeremiah. It talks about like God saying, I'll save you and I'll crush your enemies where you've been. He's like, but he's like, that you've been that I sent you into. Right. Like he's like, but, and then he goes on to say, he's like, but I won't, I won't press you more than you can handle. Like, I'll restore you. Yeah. So it's like he just says to his people, like, I put you through that, but I'm not going to leave you there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's in Hosea. It says he strikes down that he may bind up. Like, we love the God who binds up, binds my broken heart. Like, God, I'm so hurt. And we come to him and we cry and we sit on his lap and then everything's better. But we forget about the God that strikes down. Yeah. Like, he strikes down, but he strikes down that he might bind up. Sometimes we're arrogant. Sometimes we're, we, you know, we're, we're walking on our own. We're doing stuff. How many times have you heard a testimony of somebody who said, I was a drug addict. My wife left me. My kids won't talk to me. I got strung out. I almost, you know, I overdosed. I almost died or uh, this and that. But God. Right. It all, like a test, no test, no testimony. Like it starts right. out with the bad. And so we've always d- divorced good and bad and said, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's not good. But with God in the way he views it, good and bad are all tethered together to glorify Him and yeah. point you to Him. Like, it stinks if you lose a loved one, but if it means the salvation of your soul, yeah. Like, uh, eternally, He sees the bigger things. If it means that He'll use you to teach ten, a hundred, thousands, millions about hope that are grieving with this question because they lost a loved one, yeah. and you can He can use your testimony to bring glory to Himself and to and to give people hope and purpose. All of a sudden, what seemed bad in the moment, Paul said, no discipline seems bad in the moment, but it produces a harvest of righteousness. Right. It's good at that point. And it's more than good. It's life-giving. And the final, the fourth kind of a pain we wrestle with is man-inflicted harm. And this is the hardest kind. You know, perhaps you didn't get dealt a bad hand circumstantially. I mean, perhaps your parents loved one another and you had good income and you grew up in a wealthy home and... Um, things were comfortable and you knew Christ at a young age. And Maybe you were a virgin to your wedding night, you know, the Holy Grail of, of, of Christian attainment and your Christian scorecard. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you always laced your shoes right. You learned to ride your bike early and you were potty trained for everybody else. You had a 4.0 GPA and you went to Harvard University and you followed Jesus and your walk of Christ was great and all this stuff's good and God's never done anything but rain blessings upon you and your favorite verses, he fills my life with good things. Yeah, maybe all that. And like I, I'm just going to say this, I know this is going to be a dramatic effect, and I don't mean it like lighthearted. But like, what what if that individual I just described ends up somehow being raped by somebody, murdered by somebody, mm-hmm. like their money get their, all their money gets stolen, their identity gets stolen? Maybe they marry, maybe they do all that stuff, marry the right person. I've known couples and individuals that have waited until they were married and done everything good in the path of purity, get married to somebody who did the same thing, and then that person leaves them. And commits adultery breaks their heart Hmm. and walks away from them and they're sitting here wrestling with God I've served you all these years Mm -hmm. so why fill in the blank now that's a really hard one to wrestle with because you didn't ask for it someone else did it to you and if God was real why did that happen to me and all these all these are difficult, but you know, Michael, I'll put you in the counselor's position because I know you've talked to people about this. Like, has anybody ever asked you this question at work? I know they hit yeah. you with all the God <laughs> questions. Like, what's a typical conversation like this like for you?
1: Um, you know, I just I've got to tell them like we live in a fallen world. Like, you know, there are consequences for for our actions, and you know, people will be like, well, I mean, but they're a good person, this and that, and it's like you you mentioned the scripture earlier. Jesus Himself said like when the when the young the rich ruler came mm-hmm. and asked him like good teacher what must i do to inherit eternal life and he's like why do you call me good no one's good no mm-hmm. one does good and in romans it's like no one's good but god you know mm-hmm. and so like um i just you just got i just got to tell him that and just be like we, we live in a broken, messed up world mm-hmm. because of our sin. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how good you are. Even that person that you were just describing, mm-hmm. like, they've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, they've sinned against God, mm. and there are ju- there are consequences that come upon us. And it may, like you said, it may not actually be directly from them, but it's because we live in this broken, messed up world that God has... Is allowing to to work and it's it's a motion that's been set right because of sin. Yeah. And if we can understand that, that even that even, even through that, like um that God still loves us. And like even though we can't control that, mm-hmm. that happening to us. Right. That like we we get to press on. We still have a reward that's greater than all that. I think mm-hmm. I think a lot of it stems from a a um selfish ambition, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean think about it. You were just describing someone who's done everything right mm-hmm. and you said like their spouse leaves them. It's like what was their reward right for serving God right. all those years? Yeah. Was there re- and then they're broken and they're messed up and they're wrestling with all this? Well was there wow. was their reward wow. a good marriage? Yeah. Because if that's what it is, like, I mean, God Himself will tear that down. Yeah. I mean, God's not going to let us walk in life just um, having having idols set up. Yeah, like I was going to say, it's his, 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 he'll shake, it, Yeah, He'll shake everything that can be shaken. So yeah. that's what, which is unshakable, will remain. Yeah. It's like, what is our. It's it's out of a selfish ambition that we think that we're entitled to this, that mm-hmm. because we serve God faithfully, because we 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 never sinned, that we stayed pure until yeah. our wedding night, like all this stuff that we're entitled right. to a to a good relationship. Yeah. And and that's why that's why people get so hurt and they're yeah. so offended right. whenever like that happens. Their their spouse leaves them or or their their dad dies in a car wreck or something, and you know he's only forty or something. Yeah, we yeah. wrestle with that because we've we've had this selfish ambition that we're just we're going after his hand. Yeah, yeah. Like we've been chasing his hand, and yeah, we're expecting. Blessings. And then once like we've been doing all this stuff, and 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 our mindset and what we think we deserve right. because we've done all this, yeah, isn't there? Yeah. Whenever we think it should be, yeah. We're so offended, and we're so messed up about it yeah. that we can we can walk away. Yeah, and
0: and never even know that was in our heart. Right,
1: exactly. N- never, never even realize it.
0: That's so crazy, man. I I think that's so adequate too, and, and it's such an adequate answer. It's so accurate of a representation that, like, you how did you say you said
1: if that was your reason, right? Like, it are like the whole point of staying pure, of serving God, not going and playing basketball in college Mm -hmm. was so I could be um, used by him, Mm -hmm. like on a platform or something. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what if that never happened? Like, what if that that was my, that was my goal? Like I was like, you know, I can give up this. And like, I may not even think about it. Like I, I may not realize it, but like the whole point of that was like, you know, I'm only going to be playing like a division two uh-huh. college basketball. Like God can use me for great things, and I can be on a big platform. Like, yeah, I mean, like that could be in me, and i not even realize it. And what if that never happens? Right. If the platform's gone, if the platform never like, so and good, then, man. And then, and then I could just you know I could become offended because yeah. I know I never get a platform to speak on that right. people don't see me. Like, and then and then I'm offended, and I yeah. I'm mad at God. Yeah. When God didn't like, God's like, hold on, like I thought this was about us, right? Like I yeah. thought this was about me loving you Dude. and you loving me back.
0: Yeah, that's so good.
1: Well, I think about the flip side
0: of that is, what if you had gone and played basketball and gotten paralyzed on the court?
1: Right. Like, I mean, who knows what <laughs> might have happened? He's who like, knows what? God, happened? why did you let me go play basketball? Like, like I can, gone and gotten hurt and never yeah. played basketball again. Yeah. Um, walked away from the faith like you know yeah. just got got into trouble like who knows what could have happened
0: uh, yeah and it so easily could happen that way yeah and, i mean and so it deter- pain exposes the innermost yeah. thoughts of your heart it's
1: like what 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 was your ambition Right. did you have a a hidden selfish ambition yeah. in your walk with Christ right. that whenever it didn't happen when you thought it should sure. that you're now offended at God you're like yeah. if you're good if you're if you're real, right? Like I thought, I thought all this. You I would have been to, here. Yeah, if I thought all of this. I was gonna do this. I was gonna serve at my church uh-huh. faithfully. Uh, watch other people get promoted. Watch yeah. other people do things I want to do. It's So good, man. And then, like, and it doesn't happen when you think it is, and you're offended. Yeah. And now you're asking this question again. Yeah. You're like, I thought I was supposed to. Yeah. Like I was supposed to get this.
0: And it's interesting because I think a lot of people who ask this question and anchor their lack of faith in it probably live the majority of their life mad and offended without purpose yeah. because they haven't included God in it. Right. It's like you don't include God in it because you're so mad at Him. And then you're mad that you don't have purpose or point to your pain because everybody has yeah. pain. Like, that's the problem of pain. Like You're going to experience pain. There is yeah. no life without pain. The things you do to try to medicate your pain. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to get high. And then at the end of that, you wake up with a hangover. Pain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh You jump into bed with somebody and then they leave you and you're brokenhearted again. Pain. Right. Like everything is pain, pain, pain. But the only thing that gives purpose and point to the pain is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. And so could it be that the question that's supposed to lead you to him is actually leading you from him? And that's the real problem. And I think that the answer would be yes. And here are my thoughts. God doesn't dish out pain. It's not his joy to dish out pain, but he he will use it. Yeah. He will refine you. He is willing. It's like the Bible says we're his worksmanship, craftsmanship. Yeah. The Bible says like he's the potter. We're the clay. And and the apostle Paul in the book of Romans even reasons that for you to ask why would God do this this way is to be like a clay object speculating about the conscience of the potter. Right. Just, it's like this water bottle having <laughs> a conversation with itself internally about me, the one yeah. holding it, saying, why did it hold me this way? Why right. would it? Why'd you make me this way? It's it's completely asinine. Like it's right. like the Bible makes the point that for you to think that is absolute foolishness because right. God uses it. He chisels those things off of us. Yes. He, Jesus says it this way: Every branch of mine that bears fruit, I prune that it would bear more mm-hmm. fruit. In other words, I get my pruning shears out and I cut on it, and the cutting hurts yeah. and it stings and it's like sandpaper, and we don't like that feeling and it's friction and it's tough. And so the pain in your life is friction. But if you will let God use it, you will. Grow into a greater yes. purpose and point of existence
1: and calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it's like a, it's like the story of Joseph. You know, he had these dreams, mm-hmm. and like then he got sold into slavery. Yeah, you know, and it's like he could have been offended. Yeah, it's like he could have been You're all right. upset and and angry at God. Like I thought I was supposed to be a ruler. Yeah. If, but if boss. he would have never been sold into slavery right he would have never even had that opportunity yeah and like even think even think what if he would have been set up as a ruler yeah. right then right what things did he learn through the process yeah of the pain that that someone else put him through yeah like what did he learn yeah there's I mean that much pain pain produces character right like whenever we whenever we travel through pain we go through a storm it produces mm-hmm. character in yeah. our life. We it's well, like
0: working out at the gym like
1: exactly it hurts your muscles because they're stretching and growing. Uh-huh. But it's like it's like with a someone who lifts weight it's like if they're wanting to lift do a Five hundred pound deadlift or yeah, something. Yeah. You're not just gonna go and do a five hundred pound deadlift. <laughs> no, you're you gonna hurt yourself. <laughs> you are going to hurt yourself. Well, you literally won't even be able to do it. Yeah, like, you can't start there. You 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 strain <laughs> yourself and, and uh, like yeah with internal damage. You yeah. know, and so like with with Joseph, like I mean, if he would have been placed immediately into mm-hmm. a position of leadership, mm-hmm. that he was promised. Yeah, you know, it's not like he wasn't promised that. Right, and that wasn't. That wasn't given to him. Yeah. Um, But, like, if he would have been automatically set up into that position, Mm -hmm. then who knows what may have happened. What harm to himself he might have brought. Harm to others. Exactly. Like, the wisdom that he learned through the process Mm -hmm. to be able to do what God... Wanted him to And do. the
0: thing he said to his family at the end of the whole thing, the ones who actually inflicted the harm on him, like he could have been mad at them, he could have hated them. His brothers sold him into slavery and lied to their father and said he died. Uh-huh. And they come and they bow down to him and ask him for food whenever he's been exalted to the position of the right hand of the king. Yeah. And the way he says it to them is, don't be mad. What you meant for evil, God turned for good. Yeah what a crazy statement that the pain had purpose right and a point So that's a word for you guys because here's the few things I wrote down man we talk so long I always talk so long I know you guys are trying <laughs> to that when it's God inflicted pain what he's doing is he's recalling he's recalling you back to himself yeah if he's sending if God were to send anything bad in your life or allow it it's so he can get your attention to call him yeah. back to yourself because what he knows is a relationship with him, is going to give you the peace and the point and the purpose that your heart longs for. If it's self-inflicted harm, things you've done to yourself, you spent 20 years on drugs and alcohol, you did something to ruin yourself, you got yourself in debt, and you did it to yourself. You can't blame God. you got to blame you, but don't spend too long blaming you. Get up and ask God to change and transform that situation, and what he'll do in that situation is he'll redeem it. So where God recalls you when he sends a storm, God redeems you whenever you've sent a storm on yourself. If it's circumstantial harm and it just happens, then what God does in that is God is using it to, uh, he's using it to refine you. Yeah. You say, I didn't ask for this. It just happened. God's going to use it to bring out the best in you. He's going to expose innermost thoughts of your heart and desires and issues so that he can refine you for his purpose into his image and into a greater uh, version of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And the final thing is, if it's man-inflicted harm, God forbid somebody has done something to you, taken something from you, um, caused you some sort of pain. What God's going to use in that is He's going to restore it. God's going to restore it. God always recalls you to himself whenever he sends a storm. God always uh, redeems your life when you have self-inflicted issues and pain on yourself. God always refines you whenever uh, you've gone through circumstantial harm and things didn't wind up the way you thought in their circumstantial pain. And if, Lord forbid, somebody does something to you that's wrong or takes something from you and you didn't ask for it, but somebody else did it, what God's going to use do through that is uh, God's going to restore. He wants to restore purity that's been stolen from somebody. He'll restore all the finances that have been stolen from you. He'll restore the innocence that you may have uh, felt was taken from you, and he'll restore the joy to you that you lost through that action. God is actually the author of life. He's not just the author. He's not the author. It's not good and bad was his thing. He defines good, and he defines bad. But God's version, his story, is life that you would have a life. It's even our Constitution, life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Well, you're not going to find life and you're not going to find liberty if you're pursuing happiness or your (laughs) version of good. That's a guaranteed right from the Constitution, but if you chase that rabbit, I guarantee you what you're going to find at the end of your version of good is what you actually would end up calling bad which mm-hmm. is actually death. It's yes. life or death. You pick. But mm-hmm. God is the God of life, liberty, and peace, and uh, that's his joy. And he uses all pain. It will be pain. Jesus said it this way, in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Yeah. And if you'll come to me, and if you'll seek me, not only will you find the answers to these tough questions, you're actually going to find purpose. You're actually going to find point. You're actually going to find life. Your definition of good is actually what God calls life, and he gives it to all who would trust in him. And so I think that's awesome, man. I, I couldn't have said it better than myself, you, the way you say it to the people that come to you at work and ask you, you witness at work? Yes. <laughs> it's like, what's the point of working if you're not right. witnessing? Except for overtime and money because you got to save money for things. True. Anyhow... All right, guys. Hey, thank y'all so much for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully it was enlightening, invigorating, inspiring, encouraging, exciting. I don't know any other words that kind of fall in that category, that paraphrasing and that phrasing. But, um, hey, listen to this. If you like it, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Share it with a friend. Follow us, subscribe to us on Spotify and do this. You can actually send us a question that we may answer on air. You can do it anonymously uh, on our Instagram page, which is riverstudents.tv. We have a Lipsy link. I don't know. It's called Lipsy or something. Anyhow, you can click that link or copy and paste it, type it into your web browser. It'll give you the opportunity to ask an anonymous question. So ask that. And uh, when we come in, we may start off with a question next week. We hope you guys have a great week. Michael, it's been a joy. It always is, bro. And uh, we'll see you guys next time on the RSTV podcast.